The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning, Roto Experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Friday, October 5th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, the Knight Rider beat got me going, man. Um... We ready to go. It is a football Friday. We had Thursday night football last night. Let's talk about it, Scotty. But first, how you feeling, man? Confused. I don't know what planet I'm on, if it's like this bizarro, you know, Seinfeld kind of world. What planet am I on where Russell Wilson's not a top 15 quarterback and Jared Cook and Eric Ebron are top five fantasy tight ends all, all of a sudden? Yeah, I know. Well, to answer the second part of the question, we know tight end is a wasteland. And, uh, you know, these guys are playing good enough, even if it wasn't. They'd be right there. This is true. This is true. Let's get into it right now. The Patriots get a big W, 38-24 last night at home against the Colts. You know, about two weeks ago, everybody was saying, "Uh uh-oh, you know, is it the fall of Rome? Is it time? Is is this time different with the Patriots? Listen, they turn around, put 38 points on the board. Tom Brady, 341 yards, three touchdowns, including his 500th of his career. And, you know— Scott, honestly, at the beginning of the season, it was like, oh, they don't have any weapons anymore. What are they going to do? Well, Julian Edelman, you know, goes 
for seven for 57, becoming Tom Brady's security blanket. Rob Gronkowski is still the biggest mismatch in the NFL at six for 75. And then Josh Gordon getting involved, okay? He is this kind of could be down the field. He catches a touchdown on a kind of chuck it up. James White out of the backfield catches 10 balls. Sony Michelle runs for 98 and a touchdown. 18 carries in this one for Sony Michelle, the stereotype. Now, all of a sudden, they have weapons they have roles kind of defined with these wide receivers I mean we're not even talking about Philip Dorsett or Chris Hogan anymore the Patriots offense looks scary as usual yeah we they started slow before you know we've yep. seen this story I think it was like on to 2015 I want to see you know people proclaim the end of the Brady era I think I'm blown out of a Monday night football against the Chiefs I think it was and uh, Brady added it was one of his patented quarterback sneaks last night you know this uh, the diversity is back because Julian Edelman draws so much defensive attention is such a big difference maker in that offense. Like I was saying yesterday, uh, you know, you play Gronk if you had him, and he still got you 13 PPR points. It's a lot more than somebody you're going to bring off the bench like Austin Safarian sure. Jenkins. Uh, this is why you listen to the Roto Experts. You listen to the spitting statistician. He talks about Sony Michelle, who is in two games already looked like the best rookie running back, not named Saquon Barkley. Uh, and then you also have Josh Gordon. And I think. Uh, a lot of smart fantasy people traded Josh Gordon away this, you know, this past week when they were able to pick him up or, or if they already had him on their roster because right. the hype the hype is so is so so high. You know, the hype meter is so high on Gordon. He's only played nine games since two thousand fourteen and look, he only had four targets last night. He only caught two passes. Yeah, it was a real exciting forty two yard touchdown reception, but Josh Gordon's a role player on this team. And a lot of people, I think, are going to be snowed by the excitement that they saw last night. You could sell on Josh Gordon. You know, I would wait till after the games are over, you know, this week to do it. You could sell on Josh Gordon. I'm going to do it because, to me, you know, this guy at best is the third receiving option on a team that already has two dominant targets and a quarterback that spreads it around. He could be the fourth if you count James White. He's going to play a role. He's brought in there to play a role. It's not like when he was in Cleveland and he was the predominant playmaker. He's in here to play a role. Deep threat, big target. Absolutely. Hey, Scotty, I completely agree with you. And, you know, here's the thing. Um, I think you keep on saying he plays a role, right? And that's the truth. He is going to be better for the New England Patriots than he will be for your fantasy team, okay? Because what's going to yep. have to happen is people, you know, safeties are going to have to respect Josh Gordon and his kind of big playability. You have to respect. It's a pick-your-poison kind of situation, right? Right, Scotty? You know, now, now they have a deep threat to stretch the field and put pressure on on safeties, right? Nobody in the NFL puts pressure on safeties more than Rob Gronkowski. So it's a pick your poison there, right? And then yeah, if you're linebackers so- too, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and but now if you're spread out so so uh, far defensively, then all of a sudden you got James White and Julian Edelman underneath catching balls. So they now have threats at all three levels of the passing game, right? In the short game, you got James White and Julian Edelman. In the intermediate game, you got 
got Rob Gronkowski and I guess Hogan, you know, if, if, if they ever show him the ball ever again. Hogan, only three for 34. And then the deep guy, you have a Josh Gordon as well. I also, like you said, Scotty, listen, I think Sony Michelle, they drafted him to be a more traditional running back this time. They draw, they um they cut Kenyon Barner right before the game last night, Scotty. Okay, they only dressed two running backs. Okay, they only dressed Sony Michelle and James White, and their roles are clear. I think you meant we talked about it yesterday, Scott. That both of these guys you had inside of your top twenty in your in-season ranks. I believe you had one of them as RB fourteen and one as RB nineteen. You have them both as exactly. RB twos on a week-to-week basis. James White, yeah. So you can start both of them on a week-to-week basis. You can get efforts like this. In PPR, Sonny Michelle gave you something like 17 or 18 points with that garbage-time touchdown as well. And James White catching 10 balls. Both of them are startable week-to-week. Yes, Scott? Yeah, and, you know, Tom Brady is back in the top three at fantasy quarterback. You know, arguably maybe number two behind Mahomes. He was right there with Pat Ryan and Drew Brees in that top four. And in season ranks going forward when I do them next week. And here's two things. Here's why Brady and this offense is going to continue to flourish. Because that defense is not good. And right. like you were talking about Jameis Winston, but this is even more amped up mm-hmm. level. They're going to have to continue to roll up points because the defense is not going to stop anybody the way it's playing right now. You know, maybe Belichick, who's a master, you know, finds a way to fine-tune things before the trading deadline, maybe get some pieces, maybe pick some pieces off the street, whatever. But, you know, they're going to have, they're going to be involved in a lot of shootouts. So, you know, that team's going to continue, continue to put up a lot of numbers, and this is going to be the ultimate AFC fantasy herd, I think. Uh, it's going to continue to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you could say Kansas City, but there's more diversity and more targets, I think, to go around. You don't have a timeshare in New England like you do in Kansas City where Kareem Hunt is the guy. You know, that said about Kenjin Barner, I think they're going to want to get some more depth behind those guys in case there's an injury. We know that with Sony Michelle, but he's a must-start right now. He's creeping into RB1 territory. And look at the protection that Brady got last night. There were concerns about his offensive line early in the season. Watch that play again, the touchdown to Josh Gordon. He's dancing around in the pocket. You know, people talk about lack of mobility. You know, that 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 guy was dancing around like Tony Monero in the pocket last night. Just uh <laughs> you know and it's had so much time. You know, this look, when you look at things from an overall perspective, they may not win the AFC or the Super Bowl right. because with lack of a defense, Jacksonville right. could take them out and I think I think the Rams have a better defense than they do. But uh you know, fantasy wise, in the words of Dane, it's gonna be a herd. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And listen, with my man Sony Michelle, Scott, here's what I'll tell you. Over the last two weeks, Scott, he has 43 carries in the last two weeks, okay? That is what I can rely on, that volume play, absolutely. On the other side, oh, first of all, you know, and I think you make a great point. And to be honest, that's why I was a fool to be on the under last night. I thought the Colts weren't going to be able to hold on to their end of the bargain. Uh, you but would you're just absolutely be right. No, but you're absolutely right, Scotty. They are going to be in shootouts. And you know what? I look ahead to the schedule, Scott. You know who New England has next week? 
Ooh. They play the Kansas City Chiefs He's, next week, Scott. Oh, what's the what's so, the over on that? 70? What's the total going to be on that game, Scotty? You know, like I thought it was going to be. In, I thought it was an interesting total this week. Chiefs Jaguars, kind of the um, immovable, you know, the uh, unstoppable force against the immovable object. What happens when you have the Pats and the Chiefs on the same field? Two offenses that can't be stopped, and two defenses that can't stop a nosebleed. In the words of Bart Scott, I think that is going to be absolutely crazy. But I digress. Let's go to the other side of things here. Scotty, I said on air, maybe on this show, but definitely on Freestyle last night, I was like, Andrew Luck is going to throw the ball 50 times last night. Well, guess what? He threw it 59 times for 365 yards and three touchdowns. Eric Ebron is his prime target. Scotty, I know you've been, you know, going into the season. uh, You were very down on him. Jack Doyle continues to be out. But now I'm telling you what, Scott, I don't care if Jack Doyle is back. Eric Ebron is the tight end for the Colts, or at least the tight end one, the receiving tight end. And he looks like he is a week-to-week starter uh, moving forward. Nine catches, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. But more importantly, it looks like Andrew Luck is targeting him. Here's what we're talking about. We're talking about opportunity, you know, because we have seen drops from him, etc. You know, his first reception of the game was a drop. But you have to go with it for now because tight end is so desolate. When Jack Doyle comes back, that production is going to be split in half. And you also got to remember that T.Y. Hilton was out last night. But much to Eric Ebarn's credit, he step up, stepped up and he did the job better than anyone else. You know, they, they don't have a number two receiver. Maybe now it's Chester Rogers, but you know, the, the number one receiver was out. They don't have a running game, so they had to put a lot on Eric Ebron's shoulders and, like, for the first time in his career, he really responded when called upon last night. But I, th- I think there's going to be some regression in terms of personnel coming. But we don't know when Doyle's coming back, though. You know, that's the issue. And I think, I think when Hilton's back, there's a slight cut in what we saw. You know, you can get excited, and I think you can rely on him every week. But this might turn out to be his best game of the year. That said... He's still a he's still a uh, you know top shelf tight end one right outside the big three and as far as as far as you know what you talk about with the running backs there's no running game uh, yeah. at all but uh, you'll get to that in a second I just with Ebron it's very exciting but I think this might end up being his best game of the year. Yeah, I mean, that is possible, you know, and I'll take it as a great best game of the year. Oh, I mean, of course. I, you know, absolutely. He put up, what, like 31 fantasy points? I am, we, me and Mike Blewett are fa- faced Eric Ebron last night. Our boy Gabe Morency, the Weehawken Warriors, yeah. uh, had Eric lose. Ebron. No, yeah, no, not yet. We yet. did we did just fine though. On our side, we had Rob Gronkowski and Sony Michelle. So we did just fine See? as well. Yeah, um but here's what I'll say. You're absolutely right. Andrew Luck putting it up fifty nine times. They have no running game, but here's what I wanna ask you, Scott. Okay. In the up to this point. I have been considering Naheem Hines as a PPR only kind of play, like in PPR formats, yeah. I like Hines. Uh 15 carries last night, though, for 45 yards. Even in standard, he would have got you nine points last night, which is pretty decent. Um, Naheem Hines, 15 carries for 45 yards. 45 yards in the passing game as well on seven catches. And the way this team is built... Scotty, you know, you say they have no running game. They're going to be kind of in back-and-forth games because we know their defense isn't that great. I think it's going to be Naheem Hines that dominates the snap count because of 
the way the game flow is going to go for Indianapolis Colts. And he's like, you know, it's very similar to a James White in the passing game. I think in PPR formats, Naheem Hines going forward needs to be considered as a week-to-week starter. Certainly. Yeah, and it was more volume for last week. Now, the thing with Hines, you see the rushing numbers aren't good. Hines is not the crack of running back, especially like below 200 pounds. It's going to create his right. own running room. Most of the times when they gave him the ball as a runner, he really wasn't able to get much space at all. But put that guy in space over the upcoming weeks, and he is going to make plays. This guy was like the fastest running back coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. So what I foresee going forward right now, uh, look, Robert Turbin only played on third downs because it was his first game back. If Marlon Mack can't stay healthy, I think Robert Turbin is still going to be the main ball carrier, and Naheem Hines is going to be like the poor man's version of James White for them. I, I don't yep. think I don't think he's as savvy in terms of escaping defenses as James White is. But this is a guy that's going to continue to in PPR. They're going to use him in the passing game, and when Hilton is there, and when maybe even Doyle comes back. That's going to free him up because, you know, they had yep. some radar on him last night because of all the, the personnel that was out. When, when they have everybody back healthy, I think Naheem Hines, you know, is going to be that kind of guy where one week you get five catches for 30 yards, but the next week catch and run for 60 yards and gone. Yep. Exactly. You know, he has the potential. We haven't seen the best him yet. Right, and I understand that he's not exactly the same, but you can now put Naheem Hines kind of in that same category as a Chris Thompson, as a Tariq Cohen, as a as a you know these Theo Riddick, as these kinds of guys out of the backfield that are going to get usage. I know they're all a little bit different, but they're they're backs that the teams will try to scheme and get in space because of their shiftiness, their Ricky Bobby shake and bake, Scotty. Um, I know we got Dr. A coming up in just a few minutes here. On Please don't let the invisible fire get to my friend. Sweet baby Jesus. Um, but here's the thing. I got two... <laughs> I got I got two things, though, that we may or may not talk to Dr. A about real quick. Yesterday, Scotty, uh, you made a point about uh, Atlanta Falcons running back Devontae Freeman. I did hear news yesterday. Dan Quinn confirms Devontae Freeman is coming back and will play in week five. So uh, you could put him in your lineups. I'm okay with putting Freeman right back in your lineup because they're facing the Pittsburgh Steelers, Scotty. And I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game, Atlanta-Pittsburgh. The total is 57 in that one. Uh, I'm trying to get the starting running back of any game where the total is 57. Devontae Freeman looks like he's coming back after a month on the shelf. Yeah, Devontae Freeman, you know, this terrific matchup. Uh, you're the highest over under the week for Vegas. Yep. And, uh, you know, but, this, but the Steelers, you know, if you look at them defensively, you know, they funnel so much towards the pass that they're really, you know, not that easy against the run. So that's, I think that's that's one thing that one thing that you certainly have to well actually I'm wrong about that you know that's reputation they have the I'm sorry I stand correct 29th rank rushing defense right now in the <laughs> NFL that'll work yeah so <clears throat> I uh, also by no, the way I'm sorry I'm I sorry have... let, let, let let me start over okay they have I'm sorry the fourth best rushing defense in the NFL they're only allowing 72.3 rushing yards per game and four rushing touchdowns so you know what I say. I say you be bold. I say you be gutsy. Okay, Dr. A has come out and talked about this guy's checkered injury history. I say trade Devonta Freeman before Sunday so you don't have to deal with more injuries going forward. Trade Interesting. That is a hot take, Scotty. We are going to be back. Roto experts in the morning. Inside injuries. 
We'll talk about all those little guys with the little red dot by your lineup. Dane and Scott, we're up and running. Roto Experts in the morning. Come on. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. What's the most important thing you can do today? How about swab to save a life? Every three minutes in the United States, a person is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia. Bone marrow transplants give patients a new lease on life, but 70% of them must rely on a stranger for one. You can help. Register with DKMS to become a donor. You'll receive a swab kit in the mail, swab your cheeks, send the samples back, and you're good to go. Take the first step. Become a hero. Register today at DKMS.org. So nice. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit later on. Yes, Scotty, get it. I got to tell you, I discovered some very interesting things over on FanDuel uh, for week five. I'll bounce them off of you a little bit later on in the show, Scotty. But we are back on Roto Experts in the morning on a football Friday. And listen, one of the most important things for you to do are to make calls on some of those guys that are injured, listed as questionable, got in limited practices, and you're like, ah, do I or don't I? Well, that's why we here at Roto Experts in the morning bring in our guy, Dr. A., Every Friday, no one can predict injuries, but the folks over at Inside Injuries do as good of a job as any. How you doing, Dr. A, on a football Friday? I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys doing? Absolutely tremendous. Let me ask you something, though, Dr. A. Last week when we were here talking, you pretty much told us, you know, without, you know, being as declarative as possible, you pretty much told us that the perfect storm was brewing and that Leonard Fournette would get hurt again. And what do you know? That's exactly what happened. Now, I know you are down there in Atlanta. I know you're a Falcons fan. My question for you, Doc, are they bringing Devontae Freeman back too soon? Um, so Devontae Freeman, the good news is, is that it's a grade two knee injury. He was injured in week one. The optimal recovery time is four weeks. So we were, we are still projecting him at week five. So, um, you know, he's on track. The problem with Devontae Freeman is, is that based on all of the data that we have before this injury week one, he was an elevated and above average. And so we already had a, a you know, an increased risk, uh, of injury for him. He has now hit the plateau of high injury risk. He's at 31%. So, yes, he will come back week five because he can't sit out the whole season, obviously, right? So he has to come back at week five because four weeks for this type of injury is fine. However, there's a numerous amount of injuries that can happen to a player, right? So he's at high injury risk at 31%. I would say by Sunday that would drop to about 26, 25, 26%. But I don't think it's going to get any better than that. Um, you know, we'll have to check what the, uh, what the data, uh, I mean, what the metrics show on the website, at, um, you know, on Sunday or on Saturday. But 
he is still going to be at one uh, one and a quarter, um, you know, chance of getting injured again. So, you know, his HPF is below average. It will not get to above average, or he'll get to very low in the category of above average. So probably around he'll be 60 to 65% starting the game on Sunday, and he'll, he'll be at very close to high injury risk. What am I saying? I don't know. <laughs> he's, uh, he's such a great talent. He's such a great talent, but but he is such a high risk of injury playing in this game. Um, you know, throughout the rest of the season, I don't know. Uh, fantasy players may want to. Um, fantasy owners may want want to see what value they can get for him for the rest of the season. Mm, exactly. Just that. I was saying before the break, Doc has talked so much about Devonta Freeman concussions. Everything. This is the best time to trade him before he comes back and plays in a high-scoring game. You'll get the best return for him. Uh, Doc, uh, Joe Mixon is coming back this week. Giovanni Bernard is missing practices. Uh, They're saying Mixon is getting full reps, practicing in pads and everything. Is he good to go for this week's game against Miami? By the way, you know, when you say Falcons and then you say Bengals, you're giving me nightmares about last week's game. Sorry about that. A.J. Green in your dreams. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I love him. He's from UGA, right? uh, Oh, yeah, it's true. He's a bulldog. uh, So, but but the biggest thing about Joe Mixon is that he had a great three-knee injury. He had a meniscus tear. And when you have a meniscus tear, um, you know, there is no way you can give in a two- or four-week timeline. You know, he, it is a great three-knee injury, meniscus tear, to fully heal at six weeks. We still have him projected to be optimally recovered from this injury at week eight. So, therefore, he is at high injury risk at 26% right now, and he has a poor HPF at 30%. So, he, if he plays this weekend – he will start with a high injury risk and poor HPF, which means but our, when you look at the data, that means that we have been right greater than 80% of the time when these two categories happen and, and a guy plays in the game. High injury risk and poor HPF, you should not start him on your fantasy team. And just wow, knowing that. that and hearing that, my recommendation to the listeners, especially if you play in a deep league, uh, look, if you play mix, if mix and plays, you got to start him. But knowing that, and the HPF is low, the health performance factor, and Giovanni Bernard is also hurt, and he always gets hurt. I would pick up Mark Walton as a deep flyer. That's very interesting, Scott. I hear you. They could also try and, you know, win this game on the strength of the arm of Andy Dalton and, you know, the, the nightmare for Dr. A, the A.J. Greens, the Trade. Tyler Boyds of the world. Trade as- Joe Nixon right now. Oh, look at this. Scotty really being responsive to what he hears from Dr. A from our crew over there on Inside Injuries. They do great work over there with their algorithms, really figuring out what you need in terms of how you respond to injuries in fantasy sports. Hey, Dr. A, I got to ask you this. Geronimo Allison, Packers wide receiver, is still in the concussion protocol. I think I've asked you derivatives of this question before in essence dr a i guess my question is if he's still in the concussion protocol today is it possible for him to get cleared talk to the people about kind of the stages of how you get cleared what are the benchmarks as you move on to get cleared from the concussion protocol you know and then ultimately be able to be back out there to you know sustain another car crash to your body on a sunday Right. So, um, you know, it, it depends on a lot of things, but, but the biggest thing is, did he have a, a concussion in the past? And he did. He, this is his second mm-hmm. documented concussion, and uh, he didn't practice Wednesday. And he's still in concussion protocol. It's Friday, right? 
So um, mm-hmm. the likelihood of playing on Sunday is very little. If he does, that's a big, big mistake. Um, uh, and it's, uh, we are predicting that this concussion is more severe than a normal concussion um, because we're listing it as a grade two concussion, not a grade one, but a grade two concussion. So based on that, his optimal recovery time is sending him back. Uh, he shouldn't come back until week seven. So we're, 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 pretty, we're downgrading Geronimo Allison for this weekend and next weekend, um, you know, and, and we'll see how he does. The biggest thing about concussions and wide receivers is going over the middle. You know, it's, it, remember, remember you guys, I have always talked about there's a physical element to concussions, but then there's a psychological component to concussions for mm. wide receivers because going over the middle – you know, um, it's just a, uh, you know, maybe they're a little bit more tentative, which affects their play. And so until he's fully healed and he's got time to recover physically and mentally from this concussion, um, you know, he shouldn't be someone that fantasy owners should really be starting. What about Ezekiel Elliott? It seems like he's banged up with a few things right now, Doc. Yeah, um, you know, he, uh, the, the good news is that, you know, grade one injuries to his ankle and knee, um, you know, uh, he was, uh, the, the, he's a full part. He, sh- he, he's, I think he was a full participant at practice. Uh, I, I don't think he was listed as limited, which is actually a very, very good sign. Um, so, uh, right now our optimal recovery time says week six, but you know, he's at elevated injury risk at 17% and a below average HPF at 56%. But by Sunday, he should be back to low um, based on this full participant at practice. So, you know, week five is okay to think that he'll be back because his injury was just a grade one ankle and knee. All right, let's talk a little bit, Dr. A, about Vikings running back Dalvin Cook. Listen, you know, I think what we've seen in the past is the implications of bringing people back too soon. You talked about it with Leonard Fournette. You've talked about it with Jay Ajayi. We just mentioned it with Devontae Freeman. They brought back Dalvin Cook a week early. It looked like, you know, on that Thursday night football game against the Rams, but then he only was able to go for 10 carries and 20 yards. They admitted that he kind of maybe had a kind of setback to that hamstring. The question is, how should they treat him? I mean, Doc, they've got a matchup this week against the Philadelphia Eagles, who have a fairly stout defensive line anyway. Should they maybe lose the battle to win the war here with Dalvin Cook? Well, ever since he injured his hamstring in week two, we, we always said he should not be back on the field until week six. It was, uh, we predicted that it was a grade two hamstring injury, required four weeks of recovery, healthy to return back on week six. So we never, ever expected him to play in week four. And then when he did, he was, very, he was at high injury risk and poor health. That, that combination is very, very you know, um, anytime you have a high injury risk category for us and someone starts on the field, we are almost almost at 80 to 85 percent correct almost every single week in, week out. So, you know, again, this is another issue. He should not be playing until week six. Um, I would avoid him at all costs if he starts. Uh Taking a look at Leonard Fournette, when we ran a, a roundup from you guys earlier this week, Doc, uh, and I, I don't think enough people have heard about this. You guys are saying there could be a lost season for Leonard Fournette owners. He could miss four or more weeks. Yeah, see, the, um, there's a little bit of a trick, uh, unintentionally or intentionally by the team here, where they say MRI showed that injury isn't any worse than initial hamstring injury. So when you hear that, you're like, oh, okay. At least he didn't worsen the injury. However, that is not what it's saying. 
what it see the initial hamstring injury they did the mri it showed it and then they repeated the mri and then they healed it was healing nicely but it, he wasn't ready to come back now he has re-injured all the way back to when he originally injured it that is not good news <laughs> okay and so that statement is kind of you know is saying that it's okay he hasn't worsened the injury but he actually has worsened the injury does that make sense guys like yeah. you know uh, uh the team i don't know if they if they're just saying that to be you know a little tricky but you know yes correct i mean re-injury re-aggravation of the hamstring injury we always had him coming back at um you know uh week eight week eight was the way was the was the week where we thought that he should come back you know and um unfortunately the uh, Jags did not uh, listen to inside injuries and, um, <laughs> you know, they brought him back and they re-injured the hamstring. Now he's got a second hamstring injury. We don't, it's not, we just don't call it a re-injury. He's got a second hamstring injury and the second to the same body part is worse than the first. And so um, now he's four weeks from this period. And so week eight is when we're in. So if he comes back before week eight, this is a guy that you're, uh, uh, is in risk of ruining his season because of the fact that he, if he re-aggravates this or a compensatory injury, then he may be out week. You'll hear week 12, week 14, you know, these types of things. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully the Jacksonville Jaguars learn their lesson as it relates to Leonard Fournette. They have such a weapon there, If they, but the problem is they got to keep him active and available. Our guy Herm Edwards has once said, the best ability is availability. Hey, Dr. A, I want to ask you about Raiders wide receiver Amari Cooper. Um, he was limited earlier in the week in practice with a foot injury. It feels to me, though, that they may just be kind of like managing his reps throughout the week. Is this a serious thing with Amari Cooper? foot or do you think he's going to wind up being out there on Sunday no problem um you know I I think he's going to be out there I don't think he should be out there until week six um you know so he will be hampered by this injury you know he he's uh you know but if you remember about Amari Cooper's sort of track history he's always missed a lot of practice time and he always tries to play through the injury um so this is where the HPF becomes extremely important because he's always going to be on the field foot injury, concussion, I mean, all of these other previous injuries he's had, he's, try, he's tried to play through them. So, um, you know, he will be at elevated injury risk when he, when he starts, um, probably around 18 19%, um, you know, predictability. But his HPF will be below average at 47%. So he may be on the field, guys, but he may be playing every other snap. He may, he may be on a limited snap. You, know, you just don't know. Or he may just not be able to generate the kind of speed that you need, you know, um, with this type of foot injury. It requires one more week is what we're predicting. So week six, if he came back week six, he'd be pretty, pretty much good as new. Chris Carson, the Seahawks, was a surprise and active last week. He has returned to a limited practice. Uh, Pete Carroll says he's ready to go, but he said he was ready to go last week with the ankle injury. Uh, this is important for fantasy players, Doc, because if Chris Carson is limited or can't go again, Mike Davis becomes a really good start as a flex player. Um, yeah, so it's a grade one hip, first of all. So that's good. It doesn't look like it's a uh, labral tear or any type of significant grade two or higher hip injury. Um, you know, being limited at practice all week is very much precautionary. Um, and, you know, not practicing on Wednesday, it's all very much precautionary. He was at elevated injury risk before this injury and before we've had him always elevated preseason, you know, so we're not surprised that he's battling these injuries. 
He has remained at elevated at 24%, very close to high injury risk. We have him coming back optimally at week six if he comes back this week. You know, a re-aggravation of this hip injury is likely. So if he starts, I would look to see for fantasy owners to see if they can find an adequate replacement. All right, well, there you have it, Dr. Ray, representing Inside Injuries. Great information, as always. Doc, where can the people find all, like I say, this great information if they want to, you know, go deeper into some of your formulas and some of the other players that they may have questions on? How can they find uh, Inside Injuries? InsideInjuries.com and just sign up and, um, you know, you'll be able to get breaking news um, right to your inbox and, uh, if you have the app, just go to just download the app, and you'll be able to get um, all of the notifications to your specific players and your specific team. So that's where you go. Absolutely, and then it will also be here every Friday on Roto Experts in the morning, talking about the you know kind of high level players that are still questionable going into the weekend. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us on Roto Experts in the morning, Doc. Ray, good luck to your Falcons this week. All right, I hope so. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Best, best stuff. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I'm speechless. It's so good. It's good stuff out of Dr. Yeah, Ray. Yeah. Absolutely. Excellent Interesting. Stuff. Interesting. Are you, uh, uh, you know, I, I hear you. This is a very interesting call, Scott. You think the time is now to flip Devontae Freeman. I think the time would be Monday or Tuesday because I do think he'll put up good stats in what should be a shootout in Pittsburgh. If he can get through that game healthy, then I think you sell high on Devontae Freeman, huh? You would do it before uh, I this game? I don't think so. And look, the first thing I'll say is people say, oh, you know, they, they were very skeptical about inside injuries when they first came on. Steady. You know, but they, they, they've been so on point for the last two-plus years that we've had them that I take so much stock in what Dr. A has to say. Look, the Steelers, the Steelers have the best fourth-best run defense in football, and that's because teams funnel so much to the pass. But, you know, they are a good run defense. This is not a good matchup for Devontae Freeman as you think it is. And he still splits some workload with Tevin Coleman. I, I think I would trade him now because people will perceive that it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think the passing game is going to get to so much done. So my two moves that I'm recommending after talking to Dr. A and even before that are like, you know, trade Devonta Freeman before Sunday if you can and pick up Mark Walt now before anybody else hears this. All right, there you go. I also got to let the people know, Scotty, that BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. Great customer service, fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of options, including in-game wagering, all right? You can make your bet at any time. BetDSI is also offering a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code FNTSY. Head on over. Start winning today. That is BetDSI.com. We make our picks for week five, and we come back on RotoX. In the morning, Dane and Scott, we put the fun in functional sports radio. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Oh, 
Welcome back. Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rock out, Scotty. Make it happen. Wanna bite the hand that feeds me? Okay. Wanna turn ah. the tide? Roto Experts in the loud. morning. There's a little the kiss King's war machine. That's what I'm remember, talking about. Do you remember about. the rock singer uh, Brian Adams, like Summer of 69? Yes. Little yes. known fact, he co-wrote that Kiss song, War Machine. Ooh, I did yeah. not know that. It's also a little known. It's not a little known fact, to be quite honest, because I say it every morning that DailyRoto.com has produced over seven, not over, but has produced seven millionaire winners and millions more and similar prizes for their countless subscribers. If you go on over to DailyRoto.com, check out the Go Premium tab. You can use the same now D, uh, Daily Fantasy Line Optimizer that has helped Daily Roto customers achieve that success. And now with the Sports Betting tab, you can use that info for money line picks, picks against the spread, game totals, and player props. Go on over to DailyRoto.com and enter the FNTSY for a special discount. DailyRoto.com, the industry website where millionaires are made, quite literally. Scotty, let's talk a little bit about DFS right here. I want to give you a couple of... um. A couple of okay. things, a couple of points this week real quick uh, before we get our picks uh, for week five. I am intrigued um, by a couple of wide receivers here. I, th- I just think that FanDuel has not caught up. Scotty, what if I told you that in this Rams-Seahawks game, right, when I look at wide receiver, what if I told you that Brandon Cooks is 7,800? Robert Woods is 7,200, but Cooper Cup is 6,700. Cooper Cup, by far the cheapest of the three Rams wide receivers, $1,000 less than Brandon Cooks, 500 less than Robert Woods. I know you believe that Cup is the receiver to own for the Rams. I agree, and it looks like I can get him at value. He's $1,000 cheaper than Brandon Cooks. You know what I'll do? You know, I'll run out multiple lineups. And I'll have all three of them as my wide receivers, along with Jared Goff or with Todd Gurley, because yeah. that Seattle secondary is ripe for the picking against them. You know, they, they, they really don't have a right corner that can defend well. Trey Flowers is a rookie converted free safety, and Earl Thomas is gone. Mm-hmm. This team is going to score 30 points again. Yep, I think it's interesting. And listen, we talk about this when when we have something of the herd, but Cooper Cup is the cheapest of the three. So if you're making multiple lineups, I agree with Scotty. But if you're not, if you're in a single entry tournament or something like that, I like Cooper Cup as a wide receiver this week at only 6,700 on FanDuel. Similarly, Scotty, when I look at our favorite guy, we were singing about him before. Check this out, Scott. Golden Tate, 7,400 on FanDuel this week. Marvin Jones Jr. 6,600 on FanDuel this week. Our guy is the third most expensive wide receiver of the Detroit Lions. Kenny Galladay, only 6,300. They have a matchup against Green Bay, who has defended the pass a little bit better, but I still believe that their young cornerbacks can be had by our guy, Galladay. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, actually they've given up six touchdown receptions so far. You know, so they, they can be had by – they can be had uh, – yeah, against the pass. So I really like Galladay. My lineup ranks on RotoExperts.com right now. You know he's inside the top eighteen. So uh, yeah, I, I like I like I like Galladay this week. 
<laughs> very good, very good. Green Bay, middle of the pack against wide receivers in pass defense, 15th. Absolutely, absolutely. And I just think there's the value. So both for Cup and Galladay, right, I just don't agree with them being the cheapest of the three wide receivers. So I think that presents some value. The only other point I want to mention here on DFS, Scotty, is listen um, – we talk about the game stack, right? We look at these totals, right? And Atlanta-Pittsburgh has a high total. We expect points to be scored, right? So I am going to attack this in a number of ways. One is I'm going to get a Matt Ryan and uh, Julio Jones stack. I'm okay with a Matt Ryan-Calvin Ridley stack. I think you got to yep. have, you know, Matt Ryan is the f- sixth uh, most expensive quarterback. You have him in your, like, weekly ranks, I think, this week. is like quarterback one or two, I believe, um, you know, against – with this matchup, there you go. So there is value there and stack them up. On the other side, though, Scotty, uh, uh, here's what I like. Uh, you know I've been attacking. Remember last week I had a Andy Dalton and Tyler Eifert stack. I am trying to attack the Atlanta Falcons because they've lost both safeties. They've lost their coverage linebacker, Deion Jones. And I see, Scotty, our boy, or my boy at least, Vance McDonald in this game stack. He's only 4,600 this week, Scott. I think that's a value. I don't think... The, the algorithm has caught up to the fact that Vance McDonald is really kind of this primary tight end option for Pittsburgh now. And I love the matchup against these Atlanta linebackers and backup safeties. He's only 4,600 on FanDuel, Scott. Yeah, I think I think you have to like that. Uh, you know, it's certainly going to look to him, I think, in the red zone. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has a history, but you know, the guy's just so physical. He's had trouble staying healthy, but when he's healthy, I, I think you have to use him. And, of course, you know, Vegas with this highest implied win total of the week. Uh, you know, if you want to run uh, – if you want to run – uh, a stack just stacks just from Pittsburgh, Atlanta. I think mm-hmm. I think uh, some people do that. You know they've been talking that a lot more in Daily Roto. You know Colin Drew and Ricky Sanders yep. and the guys. And you know they. they I think it, if you run a stack just from this game, I I think a McDonald has to be your tight end. Exactly. So that's what I was thinking. I'm trying to follow guys over at DailyRoto.com. As we've mentioned, they make millionaires quite literally. You could be the next one potentially this weekend. All right, Scotty, let's make some picks. First of all, got to let the people know that uh, a lot of things have already happened. We had some action on Thursday Night Football. You were correct. You decided to take the Pats and lay the points, whether it was 10 or 10 and a half. It did not matter as the Patriots wound up winning by two touchdowns, 38-24 last night. On the other side of things, I, silly, decided to go with the under, forgetting about the fact that the Patriots' defense couldn't really stop anybody. I thought this game, honestly, Scott, was going to be more like a 31-17, and that's exactly Exactly what the score was until additional garbage time points went left and right. So I'm already 0-1 for the week. Scott's already 1-0 for the week. Although, Blewett and I both did use the Patriots as our survivor pick this week. So we've already uh, moved on on that. We are both 4-1 so far after five weeks on our survivor pick. The one means you wouldn't be still there anyway, but we're still giving out those survivor picks. Scotty, who is your survivor pick this week? You're going to like this one. You, oh, you sit boy. down. You oh, sit down. Man, you're not doing it. You're not doing I'm it. I'm doing it. The Broncos Jets are the my Jets? survivor pick Jets? this week. Wow. I'm taking the Jets. Wow. Denver <laughs> is mediocre and overrated. They're traveling east. Yeah, they are uh, not Case good Keenum's on the east not coast. Good. Yeah, not Case. I don't, I don't think they're good anywhere. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I think, you know, you don't have good good quarterbacks in this game on either side, but, you know, one is going to eventually because the Jets, you know, they have an opportunistic defense. 
Uh, and I, I think the Jets are desperate for a win right now, and they're going to pull it out at home. The Jets are my survivor pick. I like that. I like that. Showing some stones I'm right there. I'm not going to spell it. All right? I'm not going to spell it. That's the dumbest chant in all of sports. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. All right. But you're going with it. So basically, for your survivor pick to happen, you want to hear that chant a lot at MetLife Stadium this Sunday because it usually happens after a touchdown as well. Medial so- spelling exercises. Listen, hey, it doesn't matter. We all have our cheers, Scotty. You guys call your fan base a number. How, how crazy is that? But in any event, let's keep it moving, I'd rather Scotty. do that than spell things. All right. You know, hey, yeah. it's like numbers and letters. What are we, like Sesame Street and our fan base is over here? Listen, one thing only, only, only your fan base. Fair enough. Fair enough. Listen, Scott. For my I don't want to do pick, that to I'm, you, though. You're a good Jet fan. I, I appreciate it, brother, man. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go all the way to Monday night. I'm going to go all the way to Monday night. I just don't see the Washington football team having the chops to keep up with the Saints in the Dome, okay? I think the return of Mark Ingram helps this team with kind of balance that they need. Don't get it twisted. Alvin Kamara is still a top three running back in fantasy, and I believe he will retain that kind of elite value, even with the return of Mark Ingram. But I just think the Saints get all their pieces back. They become whole, and I just don't see, similar to Indianapolis, with New England last night. I just don't see Washington having the chops offensively to stand up to the Saints. It's six and a half. If it was seven or seven and a half, it might be a little different. I'm not worried about the point spread on Monday night prime time. I think the dome will be rocking. Give me the Saints minus six and a half against the Washington football team. What you got next, Scotty? Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I am. Does that mean you disagree? <laughs> Yeah, I think Washington's kind of going to slow things down, and Adrian Peterson has a revenge game here. Interesting. All right, well, we'll see, and we'll talk about it on Monday for sure. They're underrated team. Corey said he thinks they're going to win the division. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I'm taking taking the Rams minus seven and a half over the Seahawks. You know, I mentioned mentioned that, uh, you know, all the injuries in the secondary – and, you know, the Rams are just you know, going to come out explosive here. You know, they already blew them out 42-7 to at CenturyLink Field last year, uh, passing the torch in the NFC West. I don't think it's going to be that kind of blowout, but the Seahawks are really going to have to fling the ball all over the field to keep up with them, and they just don't have the pieces to do that. Uh, so I, 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 I'm taking the Rams minus 7.5. I see them winning this game by about, like, 34-20 to 20 or – you know, 34 to 17. Okay, fair enough. You got the Rams uh, as road favorites, Scotty, with over a touchdown. But honestly, like, who's keeping up with that Rams offense these days, right? And Nobody. the Legion of Boom That's is not what it was. Yeah. Absolutely. So, interesting there. You know, I don't like generally going with the road favorites, but my last pick will be a road favorite, Scotty. It's only a point. So it's not a big deal, right? So I'm, in essence, picking them to win the game. Give me the Packers on the road at Detroit. Listen, I don't think Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford in his career, it's something, Scott, like his record against teams that are below 500 versus his record against teams that are above 500 is a dramatic difference. It seems like Stafford is one of, and, and the Lions are one of those teams that can beat 
bad teams at home and can't really do it on the road. You saw they couldn't go up against Dallas last week. I think it might be a good game, but I think ultimately the Packers, you know, Aaron Rodgers, another week removed. You know, he's still hobbled, but I think he now know how, knows how to manage it. I am not scared of the Detroit Lions defense. I think Aaron Rodgers can continue to, uh, you know, do work against the division and when it comes down to it if it's tight give me Aaron Rodgers and the crew to make a game this is pretty much a pick to just win the game outright but I'll take Green Bay in Detroit uh on Sunday Scotty what's your third pick okay uh Minnesota <laughs> it seems like Scotty disagrees with me this week but it's all yeah good. I I would be surprised if Detroit won this game the Packers well, we'll are see. so depleted on, on offense uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit steals, steals this game. They still have uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know, interesting, though, Scott, I, I just Yeah, the, num- the numbers aren't there. Yeah. You know, I just changed. One of the picks I was going to make was going to be one that I really thought you were definitely going to disagree with. I like Cincinnati this week, but I know you think Miami is going to be able to score some points. So, But I went Green Bay instead. But that's all right. What's your uh, third pick? <laughs> I struggle with this. At first, I said to myself, I like the Steelers minus three and laying the three points, you know, mm-hmm. especially at home. Uh, but I'm going to go with, you know, to, to me, this is obvious. The over-under on Minnesota and Philadelphia is 46-and-a-half. That's going over for sure. Hmm. That, this Minnesota defense is not as good as advertised, and neither is Philadelphia. This game's definitely going over 46-and-a-half. That's my lock yeah. of the week. Lock of the week, says the King yeah. Scott Angle. Minnesota and Philly over 46 and a half. Who do you like in that game, Scotty? I think that's an interesting game to call. I think the way Minnesota is right now, listen, um, Dalvin Cook banged up. Minnesota's going to have to do this where their bread is buttered, you know, with Kirk Cousins trying to make plays with Thielen and Diggs. I know the Philadelphia secondary isn't like the best, but here's my issue with this game. The Minnesota offensive line we've we've had some questions about, and the Philadelphia defensive line we know is stout, we know is deep. I think it could create some pressure on Kirk Cousins. That would be my concern. I'm thinking I'm leaning Philly in this game minus the three points. How do you see this game playing out, Scotty? Yeah, I think that's an excellent call about the offensive line. And Look, great receivers on Minnesota, but who else is stepping up besides Cousins, Steele, and Diggs? No, nobody is. Right. And, you know, Carson Wentz you know, already has a game under his belt now. And uh, I think Jeffrey he's going flinging, flinging the ball around the yard. Zach Ertz, Nick Nelson Aguilar has a better week. I worry about the running game with Jay Ajayi playing with a lower back fracture. Mm-hmm. Fantasy-wise, I would say if you have Jay Ajayi on your roster or if you have room to stash a running back, I would not cut Wendell Smallwood if you have him or I would pick him up. Yeah, interesting, right? Listen, we've seen injuries for Ajayi, Clement, and Sproles, all of them already. Um, So, you know, don't forget about Wendell Smallwood. Scotty, last thing I want to do, I want to get us out of here on this. Listen, I put up a poll question uh, on Fantasy Freestyle last night, Scotty, and I was like, the total on this Jacksonville Jaguars-Kansas City Chiefs game is 49, okay? And so that, to me, indicates that Vegas thinks that, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs offense can stand up to the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, or it could mean that they actually expect a lot of points out of Blake Bortles and the Jaguars against this Kansas City defense. I put up a poll. Do you take the over or the under on this game? 49 points. And honestly, Scott, last time I checked the poll, it was literally 50-50. People are really split on kind of, you know, the number one offense and the number one defense kind of thing, the uh, unstoppable force against the immovable object. What I said on Freestyle last night, I want to get your take. 
I think the Chiefs could be the stronger one here, their offense versus the defense. And here's why. Because the Kansas City Chiefs, their scheme is so unique and different. They do things, you know, the Jaguars, when they're playing against teams that are just straight up, you know, they can they just dominate. But I think Andy Reid might scheme some things with Tyreek Hill to get open, stuff like that. And I think that could be the big plays that they still make even against Jacksonville. How do you think it plays out on that side of the ball, Chiefs offense, Jags defense? If this was the playoffs, I would say I'm taking the defense. But during the regular season, sometimes we see the offense prevail. That said, I'm not benching the Jaguars' defense for anybody in fantasy. I don't care who they face. Patrick Mahomes is off to a great start, but he's never faced a test like this, you know, in a defense like this. Uh, I don't know how much Jalen Ramsey is going to be on Tyreek Hill, but I'm not liking how Tyreek Hill too much this week. And, you know, then the other weapon, can they step up? How healthy is Sammy Watkins? Uh, of course, Travis Kelsey is going to get his. But if they're effectively taking, like, two of their top wide receivers out of the game and Kareem Hunt's going to run into some walls, uh, I'm leaning towards the defense here. Okay, so you like the defense. Does that mean you take the under on this game, Scotty? Or are you yes. concerned about the under because, you know, Jacksonville, Blake Bortles, could they put up points against this Kansas City Chiefs defense? They certainly can because we've seen, uh, you know, we've seen when Leonard Fournette has been been out sometimes in the past that Blake Bortles, like he did against New England, will take it upon himself to score points. The problem with, you know, with a game like this is, you know, this is not Tom Brady. You know, this is Patrick Mahomes. He still lacks experience. Can he play catch-up against a defense like this? He hasn't played from behind all year long. He hasn't been game-scripted, so it's dangerous. All right, we will see. That's going to be a very interesting game. Some real interesting matchups in Week 5. We'll be back Monday morning to talk about it. For the King, Scott Angle, I'm the spitting statistician. Roto experts in the morning. Have a great weekend. Good luck to your teams.